With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, back again for another episode of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, what's cracking? Saul, I can't get rid of you. I thought we were only supposed to do this once a week. Man, no. I don't know, man. Twice is just as nice. Twice is just as nice. Another Total BS Podcast coming your way. I'm excited. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we might as well get into it. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. So yeah, you know, I, I don't even know where to start. The last dance is over, which hurts my soul. Uh, but apparently Horace Grant thinks it's never over. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Uh, oh, as man. we have uh, Ashley Shahamadi joining us today from Fox Sports uh, South. We'll bring her on in a second. But Justin, overall, how are you doing uh, with, with adjusting to this whole lifestyle? We haven't really gotten into that because we've been so wrapped up in this documentary the last five weeks. Saul, you and I are very much the same where we work outside of the house a lot. I mean, there will be times where I'm away from the house for for 10 hours at a time because we're going to press conferences, we're going to games, we're going to all of these different events. And with the coronavirus pandemic putting the sports world to a halt, we haven't been able to go out and get and get to these events. So I've been locked up inside. I got to be honest with you, I get cabin fever. I, I mean, I walk around my uh, complex, my, my townhouse complex, and I just think, man, I, I'm I'm itching to get back to normalcy. Uh, but I've adjusted, and I know a lot of people have adjusted. I mean, I'm starting to work out a little bit more. I'm starting to cook for myself, which hasn't been the case. Like, I suck oh. at cooking. Oh. I can make myself a bowl of cereal maybe a grilled cheese or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> but outside of that, my options as a chef are limited, but I'm picking up on some new ideas and I'm overall, I'm bettering myself. And this is a time for everyone to work on themselves. Justin, I don't mean to brag, but my cook game is oh, I on know. a whole nother level. <laughs> Especially your barbecue game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you know what? I, I I got a little tired of the barbecue because you can't cook ribs every single day. You know what I mean? Like, you can only do so yes, much. You can, <laughs> you can, but you, <laughs> dude, I have high blood pressure already. I might be dead by <laughs> before I hit forty one. So like, I don't want to go down that road. So I've been trying to to cook and eat clean. Uh, we've been actually trying to go vegetarian for the most part uh, during no. the week. Yeah, so I, I call it like uh, I, I, there's a specific word for it, and God help me, I can't even. I can't even think of it. It's like a selectarian or something like that, where you just pick your spots when you're going to eat meat, but you don't eat it predominantly. Uh, and so I've been trying to go down that road. And it's, uh, it's been okay. I, I've lost some weight. I haven't been working out. Uh, that's the next phase for me. But, you know, like you said, self-improvement is a, is a, is a big key to this, if, if you just to stay sane. I was going to ask you, how, how was that? Because 
you see a lot of professional athletes nowadays, they're going to more of plant-based diets. And I've always thought to myself, if I, if I can't go more than two days without eating chicken, I'm going to hurt somebody. So, I mean, how are you adjusting to it from a guy who is used to eating meat on a regular basis? Um, I actually haven't really noticed it so much. Yeah, it hasn't been bad at all. Like, um, I mean, there's some – you get your protein from other sources, and as long as you eat enough to to feel, you know, some type of fulfillment, I think that's it. I think the idea out there that when you go vegetarian means you're just eating, like, you know, all these foo-foo salads or something like that is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I've had plenty of sustainment um, or, you know, good, wholesome, nourished meals um, that satisfy whatever hunger I've had, and they've been delicious. So – um, I've actually been, uh, cooking hello fresh a lot, which has been helpful. And, uh, but, but <laughs> outside of that on the weekends, I am cooking the shit out of some meat. So I, I was going to say, because if you have a long night of drinking on a Saturday night, you can't open up the covers and say, all right, let me get the, let me get these carrots. Let me get these, <laughs> let me get this cauliflower. <laughs> No, no. carrots ain't gonna hold you over my man not the next morning (laughs) after a hangover no um but hungover as we may be sometimes on those sunday mornings um we do have other remedies and uh speaking of hungover i know dennis robin might still be hungover out there some way somewhere uh and we found out a lot about him in the last dance and i wanted to bring on uh, from fox sports south ashley shahamadi ashley how you doing today Hi guys, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. First of all, did I say your last name right? Honestly, that was like, if if we're being super nitpicky, <laughs> maybe like one little syllable off, but it was man, that was good for. How do we how do we say it? It's just shamedy. Shamedy. It's like comedy. There's ha ha in it. I'm a funny gal. I just like to say sh- shamedy. Shamedy. Okay, that's easy. To remember. Shamedy. Shamity. Yeah, okay. I put show. the I put the wrong emphasis in the wrong syllable. So my bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we, we wanted to bring you on because uh, you know, you work for Fox Sports South and you cover the the Hornets quite a bit. Um, that's the main team that you cover. Uh we've seen your work, we love it, and uh I just assume that there is a, a a unique perspective coming from within that organization and, and being around them um, and probably meeting Michael from time to time, I would assume uh, that you would have to bring to the table. So first of all, your, your impressions on Michael Jordan as a basketball player with the Chicago Bulls. Okay. So first off, thank you for those sweet compliments. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, I was literally obsessed with the last dance from the moment they said they were going to release them early. I feel like I had goosebumps from the very start of it. And I know ESPN, I mean, they did such a good job and it was a dramatic, but necessary at times um, production that they put on. I just thought it was phenomenal. I loved hearing the backstories of, you know, not just Jordan, but Pippen and of course Rodman and just the franchise in general. So my, um, my thoughts on, Michael Jordan and the Bulls during that time. I mean, it's just incredible his mindset. And I mean, you know, Michael Jordan is competitive. You knew what he brought to the table. You knew how good he was. But to hear some of the things he had to say at that time firsthand and just what the cameras were able to capture, I feel like everybody took it, took him to a whole different level of being competitive. I mean, he is not just the greatest basketball player of all time, but 
one of the greatest competitors, athletes, I mean, whatever you want to call it, just because of his winning mindset, it is unbelievable. And I just feel like that's hard to come by now, nowadays in sports, just having as much of a competitive mindset as he did and literally doing whatever it took to get it done. I mean, I just, some of his one-liners, I feel like will forever, forever live on. <laughs> Ashley, you're talking about the other characters and learning about their backstory. Which one did you find more interesting that wasn't Michael Jordan? So I think I knew a little bit about Dennis Rodman. Obviously, you from like his hairstyles, he was kind of a you know different type of guy. Um, That's so a nice way to put it. <laughs> a different yeah. type of guy. A different type of guy. <laughs> type of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, but the Pippin stuff, I didn't really know too much about, to be honest. And um, I think that was really interesting to me because I feel like Michael Jordan just, I, I feel like I can't even say his first name. I have to say the full name. I don't have that leeway yet, but um, I feel like he leaned on him so much and they were, I mean, they were a one-two punch type of deal when it came to that team. So yeah, people talk about Scottie Pippen, but not not as much, obviously. And so I feel like that kind of gave people an insight into obviously his backstory, his life, and then what he meant to Michael and what he, you know, what he did on the court. So I loved hearing his story and I loved hearing about the relationship with them. And I know there were some obviously rocky times with him and the Bulls and some of upper management and everything like that. But I think that was really cool hearing that side of it. What glimpse... I, I, there just had to be a moment. I, I, I refuse to believe that there's just not one moment, Ashley, that you saw something Michael did on behind the scenes or in a game or something like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. So I don't know if it's – honestly, Michael Jordan's kind of hard to uh, – I yes, I've met him, and yes, I've seen him uh, a couple times. And not – not going to lie. I, I try not to fangirl a lot over some of these players. And, you know, when I For first sure. started sideline reporting with the Hornets, I tried to just really keep it calm, cool, and collective. But it's Michael and Jordan. Oh, I mean, for real. I, <laughs> I've been, <laughs> Ashley, you, you know, I'm with Fox Sports Arizona, and I've been waiting for the day that the Hornets ever came to town and Michael showed up because I would completely lose my credential. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was sitting, listen to this. I was sitting at practice and, it was shoot around in the morning. So only it was, it was me and the radio guy. Um, and I was just like writing some notes, getting ready for the show that night, blah, blah, blah. And I like glasses, no makeup, hair in a bun, sweatpants, the whole, the whole deal. And I was just like sitting with my head down writing and I hear, Hey, and I like, I look up, I thought it was a coach and it is literally Michael Jordan. I'm not even kidding you. I about pee my pants. I was so, <laughs> I was so starstruck. I was so, I was like, shaking and I was like oh hi I haven't like because it was kind of new it was still the beginning of the season I was like hi I'm Ashley and he goes oh I know who you are and I just I lost it I was like Michael (laughs) Jordan knows my name he knows who I am like this is and now we're on a first name basis he's like what up Ash I'm like what up Michael Jordan (laughs) (laughs) except you still can't say just say what up Mike yeah He doesn't come to a ton of games, but he watches every single game. That's for sure. And so he was like, oh, I know who you are. I mean, because he's watched every game. So he saw me on the broadcast. But, oh, my gosh, that that was just the most incredible moment. And I just because he I mean, I idolize him as most people do. He's him and my brother are the reason I played basketball growing up. It was just 
I loved everything about him. And there was one part in, I think it was episode seven, the end of episode or episode seven or eight, maybe it was like the last two minutes. And we see a little bit of emotion from Michael Jordan. I'm sure you guys remember yeah, this seven, part. Yep, he absolutely. at the end was like, one thing that people are would never say about Michael Jordan, he's never going to make you do something that he didn't do. And he like got emotional at the end. The last two minutes of that episode, I've watched probably 20 times. I don't know. It just struck a chord with me. And he just went from here, like to way up here on just the, I don't know what scale you want to even put it on, but it was just, I have so much respect for him and everything that he did back then and for that team. So it was just really incredible. And I, um, I hope to have a lot more encounters with him, hopefully this coming year or whatnot and pick his brain about the last dance even more. Ashley, were you at the Charlotte Hornets game when he smacked Malik Monk in the back of the head? <laughs> That's such an incredible up. moment. I wasn't going to bring it up unless you did, but I absolutely was. And so sometimes he sits either in his suite to watch the game or sometimes he'll be on the bench. And Malik celebrated too early. He ran out there and Michael was not having it. And I absolutely was there. And I mean, everyone was just, of course, dying laughing. And then <laughs> all the memes, all the videos started coming out. And it was just, it was just a moment. <laughs> I can tell you he never, never did that again. That's funny. Well, actually, you know, outside of the last dance and, you know, trying to wrap that up, um, how has life been for you? You know, first of all, I think people need to know that not only does Ashley cover the Hornets, but you also do some some other work uh, for country music, right? That is, wait, that thing behind me, yeah. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> There's a CMT Hot 20 poster behind me, and I actually did some stuff with them today, recorded some stuff. But, um, yes, I do a little bit with them. I, it's kind of, kind of new. I started back in July, and – they are so great and they work around my Hornet schedule and, you know, on an off day, I would fly into Nashville, record some stuff and then fly to the next game or fly back home and do the game. Um, so not a lot of sleep, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. But this time has honestly been, it's been kind of hard. At first I was, I was optimistic and I was, you know, I, I've never even had a vacation longer than five days, let alone a hiatus like this for two months and you know and we're still going so it's definitely kind of getting it to a point where I'm just like I want to know are we going to play again are we yeah. you know what's happening I'm sure as you guys in the same boat but um I'm just trying to really like I said I've never had even a vacation longer than five days let alone this much time with my friends with my family and yeah we're all just quarantined in one house so we can't obviously go anywhere but I've just never been able to spend this much time with them. So that part's been really exciting. And I am able to do some work with CMT and I do some Zoom interviews with some of the Hornets players and keep in touch. I interviewed Del Curry today. Um, so we're just trying to kind of not make it a new normal because I hope this isn't the new normal, but we're just trying to do the best we can and, and everyone is and just figure it out day by day. So for sure, for sure. Saul, yeah. you and I are hip hop historians. We love yes hip-hop and rap music yes. but my very first concert ever oh no when i was six years old oh no was a country music concert <laughs> of course it was and it it was toby keith with rascal <laughs> flats opening up rascal flats was like this unknown band nobody really knew about them and they opened up for toby keith so that was my very first concert period Ashley, I have, so I have a soft spot in my heart for toby there keith and rascal flats ashley uh, who's your favorite country artist 
Oh man, I I like a I like a lot of them. I'm a really big Casey Musgraves fan, and if you even know who that is, and Marin Morris. I, I don't know. But also like the old school George Strait. I like Al Jackson. I'm big, you know, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson. I like all all of that a lot too. Um, of course, we interview a lot of the new up and coming artists, so that's kind of cool getting to see guys get their start and really they'll have like one hit and then explode. And we get to kind of interview them when they are just at that beginning level of it and then see how big that they really do get. So that part's really cool. But um, I like all music too. I'm a big, I've seen Drake in concert. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of concerts actually. So I like all music. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're big hip hop guys, but uh, we appreciate the talent that it takes to play many different forms of music. Uh, and, uh, you know, truth be told, I'm a big Johnny Cash fan myself. Um, and also Kenny Rogers, I believe it or not, Justin, I do have three Kenny Rogers songs on my <laughs> really? old iPod that I just found last week. So I might have to bring those back up, but, uh, iPod shuffle. Uh, no, no, it was, uh, the original or the, the, the updated one. Like, uh, I don't know. I got it in 2009, I think. Nano? I can't tell you what it was. It's not the, it's not the small one. The thing okay. is that you still have the charger to that. Cause all I do. Are different. I do. The charger, you're gold. Uh, are you talking about the 30 pin charger that we see right here? Yeah, oh, buddy. There you go. Wow. You still have that. Dude, I'm always prepared, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ashley, uh, you know, outside of that, what cool stuff are you guys working on out there? Uh, you, you said you talked to Del Curry and stuff, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, I think when this pandemic hit, how everything just shifted from TV to digital and social media and the amount of work that people are trying to put in to really boost boost the eyes and get notoriety on to some really cool elements that people are producing um, now that we don't really have TV as a focus or a predominantly um, a, a predominant focus uh, because of the games, the lack of games. Well, you hit the nail on the head with that one because, I mean, give credit to all the editors, producers, the digital media staff at Fox Sports South, they have been truly, truly incredible and game changers working from home editing, you know, cause we're obviously running a lot of reruns and I interviewed Dell today because we're running the buzzer beater shot that he hit against Golden State back in 1989. And I interviewed him to talk about it. So we're gonna kind of tease that on social media and obviously say, watch the game on Fox Sports Southeast. So. They really are the MVPs of this, but I mean, you, you, like I said, hit the nail on the head. It's been, it's been a big change. And I think now people are getting into a flow of things, but it's hard. It is hard when you don't have live games, live broadcasts. I mean, you have to come up with creative ways to showcase whatever we can. Yeah. And it's also, you know, we interview the players and everything, but there's only so many questions you can ask about what are you doing in quarantine so it's like you gotta find different ways to just keep it interesting and that's what everyone's been trying to do i was gonna say with saul he's at fox sports arizona so he's got mlb to rely on during the summer fox sports south i mean what baseball teams are you covering oh they got the braves braves, braves. okay yeah. okay that, fox sports south and the braves might be the biggest social media following for any t any of our regional sports networks it's ridiculous okay like, 
they Ray, they can they can somebody could just breathe into a mic and post it on social media and they'll have five thousand views. <laughs> really? It makes me so upset. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Braves country is a real thing, and it, it is. is it is everywhere. I mean, you go to any state and you'll find Braves fans. And I just I don't know. I guess the following started way back when Chipper Jones, maybe I don't know ninety five World Series. I don't really know, but it is uh, Braves country is real, and and I hope I hope we get to play baseball again. <laughs> But is this the most creative you've ever had to been? Um, ever had to be? Just because, you know, we're doing these interviews um, and not just with sports, but also with CMT. And I have producers on FaceTime and I'm, you know, making sure my shot looks good, making sure everything's set up. And then I have like my monitor and then my computer, which is where I'm actually Skyping the person. And then, you know, it's, it's definitely a collective effort. Everyone has to adapt and be flexible and, yeah, I think it is the most creative because we're just trying to find ways to keep people entertained as long as we possibly can. For sure, for sure. Well, Ashley Shamadi, thank you so <laughs> much for joining us today uh, and giving us some insight into what you're doing and and your your key thoughts on Michael Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. I, hey, I'm, I'm gonna call him Mike now because I feel like we're on a first name basis. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. I'm gonna like of course. I'm gonna go with the. Yeah. Sorry, I was, I'm going to go with the Reggie Miller route. I'm going to call him Black Jesus. <laughs> be careful. Be careful. But, uh, maybe if I see him a couple more times, we'll be on that Mike Ash basis or something like that. <laughs> okay, thank you guys so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Stay safe. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, when, then we'll just set it apart. Thanks, Ashley. That was awesome. <laughs> So Thank much. you, Ashley. Yeah, very nice yeah. to meet you finally. Uh, and I, I texted Paxton and I was like, hey, uh, trying to get somebody from the East Coast. And I think Ashley would be good. And so she uh, she sent you a message yeah, she on my behalf. Me. Yeah, she texted me. I'm sorry I couldn't do it on Sunday, but I'm glad we got to make it work somehow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'll, we're going to post this tomorrow. It's just a podcast. so I'm not going to use any of the video. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So you're, you're good to go. Yeah. Me relating um, to the poster behind me. I think I said what it was though. Yeah. Yeah. You said it was CMT. So it's all good. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Ashley. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks, Have Ashley. Yeah, take care. Stay safe. Take care. Bye. You too. Cool. All right. Um, and then we'll just resume right now where, cool. where we left off. Cool. All right. Cool. Uh, uh, that was Ashley Shamadi from Fox Sports South, Southeast, the Hornets, the Braves, whatever. Yeah. I mean, she's all over the place and she does a great job out there for them. Uh, I mean, I, I want to go back to this point. I, I don't think people realize how hard it has been for a lot of these these people in these in these regional sports outlets, even ESPN and like, yeah, they got multi-billion dollar budgets and stuff like that. Sure, that's that's all well and good, but it doesn't make the challenge any less harder or easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you still have to come up with some creative content. Uh, you can only replay a classic game so many times before people just like, okay, yeah, I've seen this game before, you know. So how do we, how do people move the needle forward or get your attention to come back to social media when there are no live sporting events? There is no need to really tune in to a specific sports regional or sports channel's social media feed unless you're coming up with something really, really cool. Um, yeah. And so I think that's been the challenge. You you felt that on your end. I felt that on my end. And I think uh, the creative minds that have been trying to produce content and get player access and things of that nature, it's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, Saul, you know, you have the luxury, 
at Fox Sports Arizona of having baseball and having a lot of summer sports go on and you have these live sporting events to cover where my my part of, of Arizona, we don't have professional sports. So we were kind of thrusted into the dog days of summer when three months early, three months early when we we're supposed to have the NCAA tournament, supposed to have softball and baseball season. You're supposed to have all these different things go on. And then the dog days of summer is right there and you have to be as creative as possible. And that's why I applaud, you know, a lot of media outlets all across the country, because we're all coming up with creative content during these trying times. And we've never experienced anything like this. You know, when I say the dog days of summer, I'm talking about that July, August period where there's only one sport going on and that's baseball. You know, it's not, you know, teasing football season. It's not basketball off season. You know, there's, there's nothing going on right now. So we have to be as creative as possible. And it's really, it's, man, it's a, it's a challenge. For sure. For sure. You know, maybe, you know, maybe that's a segment we should do once a week huh? and bring somebody on and just kind of pick their brain on like the, the approach and the process that, that a lot of these teams, because when you find somebody cool, like, uh, for instance, there's a guy named Sean Deloney. And if you don't know who he is, you, you should absolutely look him up. He he works for the Arizona Cardinals. But before that, he used to work for the Suns and he does a lot of videography, but he also does a lot of editing. And the stuff that he puts together with different filters and different layers, it just blows your mind. And it's and it's and it's archive footage that anybody has at their disposal. You could go to YouTube and download it for crying out loud. Like he's able to package it in a way that just makes it look like a million dollar piece. And those are the types of people um, that deserve notoriety right about now because they're putting in the work and they're trying to do, they're trying to represent their brands, their teams, their, their outlets the best way possible. And they're coming up with creative ideas in a way to do it. Absolutely. So absolutely. Anyway, speaking of sports, man, I don't even know where to start, man. You know, there's so much stuff going on out in the world so many different rumors, but what we do know is it looks like the mo- the needle is moving into a more normal direction, if we will. Uh, we have, I mean, just this past weekend, the PGA had a, a, an event with Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler, and uh, and so uh, and Dustin Johnson, and and I thought that was you know it was live sports and it was done in a different way, and Mike Tirico was trying to lead it from the booth at his house, and it was it was. It was different. It was different. But um, that's one sports league. Uh, and then soccer overseas is coming back. Um, they've already had a couple live sporting events, which is that has been interesting, wouldn't you say? Yes. Overseas soccer and not having many fans. And you see the uh, what was it the uh, Korean Baseball League, you know, being shown on ESPN uh, super late at night, early hours of the morning. And have you noticed they're putting cardboard cutout fans? Yes. Yes. Like yeah. fake phony fans. Yeah, you can pay to have your family that? there in cardboard form. I believe. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's something like maybe a uh, hundred bucks or ten bucks or something like that, and you can have your cutout of your family at the game. Uh, and so it's it's been interesting to see uh, the soccer one really threw me off because you couldn't really hear the cheering so much for soccer. So it was like a beautiful pass and then a, a beautiful crosser, and then somebody like tapped it in for a goal. And the guy like sprints around the field like he normally would. And usually you would put your hands up and like clamor the crowd or whatever. And it was just dead silent. You could see like he just was like, oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Like there's no buildup. <laughs> yeah. You see as as they get closer to the goal, you hear the oh yeah. Oh, and, and <laughs> speaking of golf, you imagine having like those those close putts that just miss oh, the cup by yeah. that much, and you, you don't have that effect. You know, fans are so um, elemental to sports, and it's 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 really difficult to watch it. And one thing that I'm interested in seeing is how this is going to develop moving forward. UFC, they were kind of the big domino, at least in the United mm-hmm. States, to say, listen. We're going to test all the participants. We're only going to allow uh, limited members, uh, staff. That way, everything is controlled, and we know who's coming in and out of the facilities. But the, you know, that's UFC. You have one fighter, and then you have a team of a, of, of a few people. Yeah. Golf. You have a golfer, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to bring you know a handful of people over, so you're able to get away with that. What's going to happen with the NBA when you have a bunch of teams that are still trying to compete. I know, you know, the uh, California, like the Lakers and the Clippers, they opened up their uh, practice facilities this week and they're allowing guys to come back. But if the NBA does come back and goes to a neutral site location, maybe Arizona, Las Vegas, Florida, I don't know where they would go, but how are you going to test everybody and make sure everything is, is flowing smoothly? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that's the brilliance of what the NBA has done so far. I, I actually much appreciate the way the NBA has been slow playing this um, counter to what MLB has done. You know, there's been a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, a lot of different things that have been thrown out there to see, number one, w- what the public's reaction is going to be. But also, number two, to try and get the m- needle moving in terms of like, hey, you know, we want to try and come back. But the problem is, is every time you throw something out there and then it, it doesn't come to fruition. You're just kind of teasing people and saying, you know, well, we could do this and we could do this. And I think in the early going, that's what Major League Baseball did. The NBA, you're right. It's it's a body-to-body contact sport. You can't avoid that. You have to do it. And it's a much different ball game. And same thing for the NFL, which, you know, they're going to face here in a couple months. <clears throat> you know, you got to expect that there are going to be other precautions that are on a whole nother level than what major league baseball would probably implement just because of the physical contact and the physical nature of those sports. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. You know, major league baseball come out with, I I think Jeff Passan had had tweeted a list of rules that players were probably going to have to follow. And it included like no slapping hands, no spitting uh, everything from like, you know, don't breathe out there on the field. It felt like It, it was it was kind of um, unreasonable. Now and, you're telling guys to be uncomfortable. Yes, which I don't agree with. You know, and plus, if we're worried about spit, okay, from a left fielder all the way out there in left field, like, I, then we shouldn't even be back in the stadium. Period. Yeah, you know, I'm not worried about that. Like, I, I think there's an inherent risk that everybody's going to have to take if they really want to come back and play sports. I just think there is. I don't think there's any way that you can avoid not getting COVID at some point if you're uh, an athlete. But if you, re- if you really want to make that money, then you're going to have to go out there and make that money. But here's my deal. It's okay for grocery stores to be open and for people to walk around grocery stores, kind of be somewhat close to each other. But Major League Baseball is worried about guys spitting on the field or not touching hands in some shape or form. I'm 
I'm unsure, you know, what Major League Baseball is doing. But uh, who's the 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 Tampa Bay pitcher? Uh, yeah, last Blake week? Snell. Blake Snell. Blake Snell. You know, he said, "I'm I'm not risking it. I'm I'm not going out there and and risking my health." And this is a guy who makes a pr- pretty good amount of money as a Major League Baseball pitcher. He's willing to sacrifice money to make sure that he's healthy and everybody is on the well, right track. There's there's another dynamic to that though. It's it's about the money, you know. Uh, you know, he wants to get paid. He thinks he should get paid fairly. He thinks he should get paid. Um, you know, it, it should be a prorated amount. <clears throat> and um, that's going to be a sticking point. And it already is a sticking point. Owners are going to want cutbacks. Um, they don't think, you know, if somebody, if player X is making $10 million and you're playing half the season minus the fans, owners are going to want you to take maybe 25% of your salary. Whereas players are like, no, if we're playing half the season, I should get half the pay. Yeah. So who's right and who's wrong? I mean, you you just you don't really know. And revenue streams are coming in in different forms. You know, you got your TV revenue, you got your you know your attendance and your your fans and concessions and all that other stuff, uh, marketing and whatnot, what have you. Um, all that is going to be discounted or, or cut down at some point. You know, you're not going to pay. You know, if you're NBC and you have golf, and you only get half a golf season, you're not going to pay the PGA Tour a billion dollars. You're going you're gonna to try and pay them $500 million because you're only getting half the season. So yeah. you know th- those are the key uh, elements of what I don't think fans really want to hear right now because it's about a pandemic and helping us get through this pandemic. And if sports can come back, especially baseball, because it's the most likely of the three major sports – or the four major sports to come back because of the physical, um, you know, the lack of physicality in it. And you're going to sit there and talk about, oh, we can't come back because we can't agree on money. Oh, that's not going to look good at all. Yeah. Well, that's one of the biggest rifts in the NBA right now. A lot of, you know, players in the league, they want to continue to go out and still make the same money where there's discussions of, you know, taking a percentage out of their paychecks. And the NBA is looking at the Players Association like, guys, listen, we don't have pandemic in your contracts. So this is how it's going to be. And then players are looking at them. Well, no, 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 no. If this isn't in my contract, you have no right to take this out of my paycheck. So it's it's dicey no matter how, how you look at it. But I think now we're getting to a point where maybe there is – there, there's a way to get basketball back. You know, Ma- Major League Baseball, I know it's it's supposed to be going on right now, but, you know, we have from now until playoff start basketball. I mean, there's only a short window left in the NBA before the focus gets turned uh, to, to next season. I think eventually we're going to start to see players and maybe the league come to an agreement where if you meet a certain threshold, you get this percentage – taken out of your paychecks just like what we see with the universities where the universities are furloughing their their top head coaches and taking 20 percent out of their paychecks i think the biggest difference though with the nba and even the nhl is they completed about 80 percent of their seasons so you know the the money isn't as big a factor um be in relation to major league baseball who hasn't didn't even get to start their season so you're talking about a whole year salary and where's that gonna go 
um, the NBA comes back, you know, you can, you know, if I have to take $300,000 instead of $400,000, that's a little bit more, that's a little bit better to deal with than oh, I have to take $3 million instead of $4 million. That's a bigger difference. Right. And yeah. so th- those are the kinds of things that, that they have to, that they have to co- overcome. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens just a man. It, it's, it's a big, mess. it's, ex- it's exciting to see that things are, are starting to go back to normal to a degree. Um, I, you know, me, myself, I have my own thoughts and, and I try to stay as safe as possible. You know, I have somebody in my house that's autoimmune uh, compromised and that's just how it is. And I understand that, you know, you have, you know, family members and, um, older people in your family that, you know, you gotta be, you know, cognizant of, and you gotta pay attention to. So it's just one of those things that we all have to take into consideration and deal with and how we deal with that is trying to find some type of an outlet and a release. And that's why the last dance was so awesome. You know, yeah. it came back and it, it took our minds off of things for at least two hours every Sunday. Right. It was, it was something I very, very much looked forward to. And now it's gone and it's done. So we're waiting for that next thing. And it looks like sports are going to come back to a degree, but when and how fast, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, um, moving on <laughs> to, to other things, uh, you know, obviously, you know, in the NFL, things are starting to move into a certain direction. Practice facilities are starting to open. Um, I think the NFL is going to make an announcement that uh, at the end of the week that facilities can open up and allow players to come back under, obviously, strict guidelines. Um, NBA facilities have already started opening, like you mentioned a little bit ago. I know um, locally, even in New York, um, they're going to start opening up practice facilities. And in a place like New York where Governor Cuomo – um, has been on record saying that they're trying to open things up um, as long as things stay where they're, they're, they're in a downward trajectory, then they're excited to see what's going to happen and stuff like that. So I don't know. You know it, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. But um, I think it's really refreshing to see that it's the big cities. It's the places where the coronavirus has really affected that community in Southern California and New York. So to see those parts of the country start to open up their professional sports facilities, facilities, I think it's an encouraging sign that things are possibly coming back to normal. For sure. For sure. Um, dude, I don't, I don't really know anything else we have to talk about. Do you want to talk about anything else? Not that. No. Oh, we forgot (laughs) to talk about Horace Grant. Damn it. I know. I, I just looked down at that. I was like, that dang it. Um, Okay. Yeah. I think we could wrap it up right there then. Cool. I'll edit this part, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. Well, with that being said, uh, Justin, I think that's a, it's not a, it's not a high note, <laughs> but it is a note and it's something that we'll, I'm sure we'll touch base on uh, as we get to our, our future episodes, which by the way, why don't you tell everybody who we got coming up on Sunday's live stream? Oh my goodness. We finally have him back. Chris Scarface Wilmore. He is the CEO of the Street Beast Backyard Brawl. If you have a problem with anybody, you got an issue with someone, they don't encourage gun violence. What they want you to do is if you got a problem, you want to take out some stress, you go to their backyard. It's regulated. They have over 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. They're based out of Virginia. We got the CEO, Chris Scarface Wilmer, who was also 
a convicted felon. So we have some interesting stories coming your way on Sunday's podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the Total BS Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. For those of you who don't remember, a couple weeks ago we did try to bring Chris Wilmore on. Uh, he had some technical difficulties that night. Hey, we pressed on just like we always do. But he uh, he did message He's us back. and get, get a hold of us and say, I am so sorry. And he definitely wanted to get back into this. So we appreciate him making that effort to come back on Sunday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And I think this weekend will be the first time people actually get to see what we're going to try and bring to the table in this Total BS podcast. It's going to be fun. It's going to be different. It's going to be exciting. And uh, and we kind of touched base a little bit on that today with Ashley Shamadi and then talking about, you know, digital media and sports media and how things are going. And then we get into, obviously, the sports avenues when it comes to the pandemic. So a little bit of variety, a little bit of flavor, and that's what you're going to see every single week. Justin, you got anything else to add? That's what the Total BS podcast is all about. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share the Total BS Podcast to all your friends. Well, for another episode, uh, come back on Sunday. But until then, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just part of the program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us. Your fans just might turn into our fans. Be cool, it's just a part of this program. Spit your best 16 if you must. You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us.